Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Harvard's president resigns. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday. Right and early, and joining me now, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell, gentlemen. Belated Happy New Year to you, Trey, and uh, we're we're ready to roll here. What's up, guys? Yeah, we're all back together today. It's very exciting. <laughs> back together, and in a brand new year, new year, same same three people. I'll ask you, Trey, what I asked uh, Billy yesterday. Any New Year's resolutions on the horizon for you? New Year's resolutions. Well, actually, so I I started this in, I know that y'all have been doing this, but I started this in like late last year, just reading through the Bible. So the goal is to get it completely done by around fall of this year. Okay. So all right. That's where I'm at right now. Well, we're we'll all tracking. We're all tracking on a similar goal here, though, then, because yeah. I'm doing the same thing, going for year three in a row. And also just to read and read more in general. I have a few books that I've had for a couple of years that I yeah. really want to get through. So I'm hoping to get through those handful of books because no need to keep buying them if I've got a few that are yeah. sitting on my shelf unread right, right now. Right, exactly. Because then they would just go next to the other ones being unread right, yeah. until you start actually reading them. Right, no, I get that. Well, you should email. I, I mentioned the email address, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let us know what you're reading. We'd love to hear it. I always find that interesting to see what people have and get some ideas. All right. Well, with the intros out of the way, let's move over to what we have coming up. And Netflix is facing criticism over an LGBT-themed scene in a recent episode of a very popular children's series. We'll have details on that in the focus story. Plus, on the main thing, the ancient Christian community in northern Israel under threat from the Hamas-Hezbollah war against Israel. All of that and more coming up on the podcast today. But first, we're going to get through the news here. In 90 seconds, Harvard University's president, Claudine Gay, announced yesterday she's resigning, saying it's with a heavy heart but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I'll be stepping down as president. This comes just weeks after a disastrous testimony before a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism in which she and other Ivy League presidents refused to say calling for the genocide of Jews was against campus policies. She said it's become clear that it's in the best interests of Harvard for me to resign so that our community can navigate this moment of extraordinary challenge with a focus on the institution rather than any individual. It's the shortest tenure in the university's history, just six months and two days since she started. And the news of the resignation comes just one day after six new allegations of plagiarism brought the total number of claims against her to well over two dozen. Meanwhile, in the war in Israel and the Gaza Strip, it's shifting to a new phase as warships in the Middle East also changed positions and Hamas members admitted to Israeli interrogators that they used civilians as human shields. The IDF announced that five brigades from combat will be released in the Gaza Strip as military gains more control over the ground. And rescuers in Japan are still working to reach people trapped under collapsed buildings in the aftermath of a deadly earthquake that brought small tsunami waves, which further damaged homes. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more over 
at cbnnews.com. Guys, more fallout from the this testimony, which we talked about on this podcast. The Saturday Night Live made fun of Representative Stefanik, who was asking the questions. And we're kind of starting to see where the real mess, missteps were and the presidents that are stepping down. Are, it's kind of a sign that, hey, maybe they were the ones that were out of line. Well, yeah, I think the fact that, you know, we've seen a lot of disturbing statistics lately, 20% of 18 to 29-year-olds, you know, thinking the Holocaust is a myth, all these really, you know, scary stats. But then we're also seeing people react the right way to what has happened and what, what you know, went on in front of Congress. So it is encouraging to see people say, wait a minute, this isn't okay. Um, we should not be tolerating this as normative, right? So that's been good to see. Yeah, I think it's interesting that a lot of people on the, I'm not just talking like Democrats, but like the the far left, increasingly far left, I think have kind of found themselves backed into a corner because they're all rah-rah about being anti, you know, not being anti-Semitic, which I mean, it's a good thing to not be anti-Semitic. Uh, but then they're also more inclined to be pro-Palestine and by extension kind of pro-Hamas, especially we've seen that on on these college campuses. So it's interesting to see kind of the reactions to what's been happening when most of it is happening within the left. Like it's just, this is the left kind of fighting with themselves to resolve these issues. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to see the dichotomy of these two positions kind of coming to a head on college campuses right now. Yeah. And one another thing that we saw, and I don't know if you guys have read this, if, Look, it's very difficult to read, but the New York Times, you know, occasionally when they're not spewing propaganda, they do some really good reporting. And there is an extensive report on the sexual rapes and assaults and um, murders that happened on October 7th in Israel by mm. Hamas and the terrorists. And they went to great lengths to confirm, review videos, confirm these stories, interview eyewitnesses, and it is more barbaric than you even thought. You thought you knew the barbarism that was happening on October 7th. Read that report as much as you can stomach of it, and it's so shocking. I mean, you think of the worst horror movie you can think of. I'm not even exaggerating this. The worst horror movie you can think of and what these animals were doing to women across southern Israel is unthinkable. It, it really is. And the fact that you just read that article and you think, how can there be any doubt about what should happen next or at who's at fault? None of that should be in question. You read a report like that, but sadly, here we are. Well, and, you know, I'm glad that the, that the Times did it, right? We need more outlets to yeah. be, you know, doing these reports because the fact that we have two in 10 young people doubting the Holocaust right. is just horrific. I mean, I, I how did we get here? That's the question we need to ask. And once the dust settles on this, how are we going to help young people understand reality and move forward with mm -hmm. knowledge and information? Well, yeah, I think a lot of this, too, is kind of exposed to people, even though the, I think there's been plenty of evidence that this is an issue that matters. But I think this, the Israel situation and these protests, pro-Hamas protests that have been breaking out on college campuses have kind of maybe helped 
more Americans generally realize that talking about the the progressivism of college campuses is not just a niche issue that is just like right wing commentators are talking about. This is an actual real issue that's having seriously problematic ramifications in our culture. So hopefully, you know, maybe a silver lining here uh, is that more people will be turned on to the fact that what's happening on college campuses is dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And look, we um, obviously we're just coming off the Christmas and New Year's break here and we're back into the swing of things. Our full team is back on, um, Israel and getting those daily updates. So if you're looking for those, you can watch Chuck Holton's been doing regular updates on the CBN News YouTube channel. Chris Mitchell and the CBN News Jerusalem Dateline team have been doing regular updates throughout the week as well. So check out CBNNews.com and the CBN News YouTube channel for those regular updates. All right, we're going to head over to the focus story now. Netflix is facing calls for a boycott over a scene in a popular kids show. So what happened here? Yeah, you know, I think I probably will have more time to read if all of these streaming platforms keep, <laughs> yeah, keep right. putting out problematic content. Just, right. No need to watch Won't them anymore. So I have plenty of time to read yeah. the Bible and other good books. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, Netflix has a series, a kid series. It's on their Netflix Junior, uh, like the vertical within the platform. The show is called Coco Melon uh, Lane. Everybody's kind of heard of Coco Melon, I feel like, at this point. But uh, in one of the episodes, it's episode eight of season one, uh, there's a little boy who's being raised by a homosexual couple, two male, two dads. Uh, he dresses in a tutu and wears a tiara after being encouraged to do so by his same-sex parents. Uh, the clip, it's it's been out for a few weeks, but the clip is just now kind of garnering a, a lot of attention on social media. It's like mid to late December when it was posted, and now it's been going viral over the last uh, week or so, just this clip of the little boy being encouraged to put on a tutu and a tiara and take pictures uh, with his you know, family pictures uh, with his two dads. Uh, so obviously that's problematic to a lot of people, a lot of Christians in particular, but also uh, conservatives who are concerned about uh, yet again, uh, mainstream Hollywood, the entertainment industry, taking a kid show uh, and putting in adult LGBT sexually, you know, sexual orientation themes into a show that should be, you know, completely benign and just easy for a kid to watch and be entertained by. This show is targeted toward toddlers uh, and they're putting this kind of gender and sexual orientation content, obviously pushing an agenda, which uh, has raised a lot of eyebrows. And now people are calling for viewers, parents in particular, uh, to boycott not just the show, but Netflix altogether. And what have sort of the responses been like and what made it rise to the level of we're kind of feeling the heat here uh, with these responses? Yeah, it started well. Matt Walsh, uh, the conservative you know, podcast host and writer over at the Daily Wire, uh, he was one of the first ones after. So, uh, an account called End Wokeness uh, tweeted out the clip uh, on social media. Uh, Matt Walsh was one of the first to respond, and he said that Netflix needs the full Bud Light treatment for this. <laughs> uh, talking about obviously last year, the the backlash that Bud Light faced for their Dylan Mulvaney uh, collaboration. Obviously, Mulvaney is a, a transgender activist, uh, so that ended up costing Bud Light 
millions of dollars uh, in, in lost revenue. Uh, so he was saying the same thing needs to happen to Netflix now. Uh, another writer for Blaze, his name is Aaron McIntyre. He wrote, it's not rocket science, guys. They're just evil, talking about the entertainment industry and the ways that they're going after children with uh, you know, LGBT progressive agendas. And then uh, Ben Shapiro also said, stop letting Hollywood indoctrinate your kids uh, in gender garbage. Uh, and then he pointed people to the Daily Wire's uh, streaming platform called right. BentKey, which is you know, their family-oriented uh, platform. Uh, and then also one of the other responses was from uh, Inez Stepman. She's an independent women's forum senior policy analyst. She wrote, even aside from the gay and transgender stuff like this, the just be you message, which is uh, what the two dads told the little boy when he was debating, should I put on the tutu and the tiara or not? Uh, she said, it's terrible advice to give a toddler. Uh, he said, yeah. uh, she said, the, the you most of us are at age two is the you that screams for ice cream. <laughs> that right. Obviously has, has no real ability to make any decisions. So why would you ever tell a toddler, just be you and do whatever you want to? She said that just yeah. doesn't make sense on top of being obviously very problematic no it, it definitely does and i want to expand on that more because i had the same reaction uh to the when i watched the clip that was the part that i was like wait a minute that's extra bad advice there we'll talk about that in a second but is, how is netflix responding to all of this yeah, so Netflix has been reached out to by several different media outlets uh, since this clip started going viral, uh, and they've refused to comment altogether. I thought one thing interesting, though, that they have done uh, is that there's an extended clip of that scene. Uh, it's 12 minutes, 50 seconds. That's on the Netflix Junior YouTube account. And they've completely disabled the option to comment on the post uh, of the video. So clearly they're aware that people are, are not happy. And then if you go onto, the, onto IMDb and look up the show, uh, the show, which is, like I said a few minutes ago, wildly popular, it now has a terrible, I think like 1.2 or 3 star rating out of 5 uh, on IMDb when it used to be much higher. So uh, yeah, Netflix is definitely aware of the criticism, but they have not yet said anything. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't hold my breath if we're waiting for a statement <laughs> yeah, here. No. Um, they have so many shows and they haven't really shown any history of being responsive to these sorts of things. They're just such a behemoth at this point. It's almost like a shouting into the wind. But, you know, back to that, you know, aside from the obvious problematic LGBT relationship agenda pushing there with the two dads, the advice they are giving the child is to just be you, do whatever you want. And that's such a great point that um, uh, the person you mentioned there, Trey, brings up that, look, it's terrible advice. As Christians, we know this because the heart is, is deceitful and wicked above all else. And so you don't want to just follow what you think you are. You've got to follow God's word. That's how we know yeah. what our true identity is. And so you're just leading someone completely down the wrong path. Yeah, well, and I also think, okay, you have a two, three, four, five, whatever year old as a parent, whether you're Christian or not, certainly if you're a believer, we know this, but if you're just a, a mature, functioning, thinking adult, you realize that your role as parents is to guide your children because they are incapable right. of making <laughs> right. wise That's decisions. That's what you're there for. 
So, right. Your job is not just to affirm whatever it is they desire. <laughs> it's to tell them, look, I understand you want that, but this is why these are X, Y, and Z. These are the reasons why that's a really bad decision. And I'm going to help guide you as somebody who has a bit more experience than you. But we live in a world now that's like, oh, if a, if a five-year-old says they identify as X, we what do we do? Our hands right, are tied. What, we have to accept it. Right. We have to accept it. What, what do they do, Billy, if they come back to the parents and say, you know what? I identify as king of this household i will <laughs> yeah, take I, all I mean, of the resources of the house give them to me now do you just go oh congratulations for being you here's my bank account well i mean kids take all the resources of the house anyway, <laughs> that's, but, that's very true very true <laughs> no no for real though i mean my kid joked about being a dog like she loved pretending to be a dog you know all the time as a toddler even into like being five years old still playing the dog game right it's like i i just think at the end of the day though the other sinister part of this is that hollywood has an agenda. And this is why more people of faith need to be present in Hollywood, right? There's an agenda there. They're trying to drive something home. And it used to be very sort of undercurrent. Now it is over. It is in your face. They um, are just open. I mean, this is, I can't think of an example with kids content that is more overt than this one, right? So yeah. this is the culture we're in. And not only do we need to be aware of the agenda, we have to be really discerning as parents. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it is getting frustrating. I mean, especially in like kids shows like this, that's where people really get upset. But it's definitely in other things. I saw like a home insurance commercial the other night watching, a, I think, a basketball game with my kids. And the example family they give is two guys and they're gay guys. And I, I just you're right. It's an agenda. There's no other reason to be forcing the issue like this other than having an agenda. And so I think people, especially when they see it in kids programming, are getting really fed up. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think, and that's why there are platforms like Bent Key that the Daily Wire yeah. started. And I'm not like promoting anything. No, There's it's no a response though. there. But yes, it is a response because I think people are so fed up that there, I, there are certain people, to your point, Billy, who are believers who are entering the fray. I mean, obviously the Kingdom Story Company and uh, the Irwin Brothers, I mean, all kinds of, you know, pure flip whatever, the Kendrick brothers, there are a lot of examples, the chosen of, of people kind of entering into Hollywood and, and trying to change it from within. And those projects are great. And then there are people who are like, look, I don't want to be a part of any of it at all. I'm going to create an alternative that we can completely shut out Hollywood because it seems like when you see stuff like this, like such a lost cause that you're kind of beating a drum into the silence. Uh, so yeah, I, th I think there are a lot of people looking for our alternatives, particularly parents with, with young kids, because uh, right now, like I was talking to somebody the other day, they were saying, I can't just let my kids watch stuff on no. Disney. I have to literally watch everything before I allow you, my kid to watch anything. You have to. I mean, I, I'm, I'm that way. I'm like watching it like a hawk. I'm always, I do definitely do not let my kids just watch regular TV with ads for yeah. hours on end. I mean, at all. Yeah, because I mean, even home insurance commercials uh, yeah. aren't safe. <laughs> no, they're not. Nothing is safe. And so you want to be there to at least have these conversations. And and honestly, we just don't watch a lot of TV anymore because partially because there's just not a lot of good programming on. You know, I happen to like sports, so we watch some live sports and things of that nature. But I usually do it on delay anyway. Um, so that I, I even bought like for NFL, we watch football. I bought red zone because I don't want to watch ads. I can just sit there and uh, watch the ads. So it's costing me, but I feel like it's worth it. So I can skip all the shenanigans in, in the ads. Well, and that's another call by the way. And we're going to move on to the main thing here in just a second. But as Trey was mentioning, these other, um, platforms that people are creating as a response to this, 
as Christians, we should support, even if you don't think it's the greatest thing ever, you should support some of these things and these efforts because they are trying to give you an alternative to get out of the cesspool. And even if it's not the best thing yet, I mean, helping these efforts and helping them get better will produce results, uh, hopefully in the long term. So, all right, we're going to move on here to the main thing. Appreciate you bringing that one to the podcast today, Trey. And most of the attention since the war in Israel's began has rightfully been placed on what's happening at the southern border of Israel. But increasing hostilities to the north has had a dramatic impact on many Israelis, including one long-standing Christian village. CBN's Chuck Holton has more on today's main thing. An ancient Christian village is the most recent target after hostilities intensified at the Israeli-Lebanese frontier. Hezbollah fired missiles struck St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church in the village of Ikrit. The first missile wounded an 80-year-old man, and when the IDF went to assist, a second missile wounded nine soldiers. The church is kind of on top of a hill, then there is a valley, and then Lebanon is on top of the second hill. Uh, so you can see if you stand there at the church, you can see the town in Lebanon from where these uh, missiles were launched uh, very, very clearly. The IDF responded, firing tank and artillery rounds. This eruption of violence follows months of rising tensions along the border. This is a, a very a close region to the border. We are 2.2 miles from Israeli-Lebanese border here inside Israel. And this communities, all of them are evacuated. Yes. The same threat like Hamas did in our southern communities, they can do it here as well. In the Maronite Christian village of Jish, life has been upended. Most of the people evacuated and our town actually, businesses are closed. You hardly find people coming from outside and the restaurants, businesses work maybe half time, like half day. They have like, schools closed. Their children are at home. There are many people took their families to Haifa or other further places from the border because they don't want to hear these bombings and artillery uh, shootings and the shooting from Hezbollah to our communities and to our uh, region which caused a lot of, uh, actually, explosions around. Hezbollah is launching these anti-tank missiles from the towns. Hezbollah is hiding these missiles inside the towns, inside the homes. At the same day that the church was hit, there was a launching of anti-tank missiles in, in elsewhere on the border uh, from a mosque. Leaders warn such violence threatens all groups, regardless of faith, and puts increasing pressure on the Israeli government to stop the violence. In recent days, IDF airstrikes have struck dozens of Hezbollah sites inside Lebanon. Every day you hear the explosion, you feel as if you are in a war zone. Half of the, the people in the community are not there, and it's a challenge. How do you treat that? Nobody compensates them. This is true for everybody, not just for the Christians. This country is the only state that actually Christians, as a minority in it, feel safe and feel freedom and enjoy democracy and values of Western values that we share together with the other Western world. And if no state will exist here, Christians will not exist as well. So our obligation as a Christian community is to defend our home, our family, and Israel is our home. We need to defend it together with the Jews. With more than 80,000 Israelis displaced from the North and daily attacks continuing, 
Most feel a diplomatic solution is unlikely. Any diplomatic solution will actually be fooling ourselves or Hezbollah fooling us or Hezbollah fooling all of the rest of the world. Uh, the previous diplomatic solution was not a solution. It didn't have a deadline and there was no enforcement forced on the ground. I don't see anybody's doing that except for the IDF. I don't know whether it's ground incursion or not, but I think that a military operation is needed and, and we are totally aware of the risks here, okay? We are aware of the price. From Northern Israel, I'm Chuck Holton for CBN News. All right. Thanks, Chuck, for that report there. And as I mentioned earlier, you can catch more of Chuck's reporting. Go to the CBN News YouTube channel. If you click the live tab, you can see a lot of his past reporting. You can sort it that way. Uh, a lot of uh, those live videos are Chuck giving uh, updates. So you can check those out there. We'll put the link to the YouTube channel in the description of this podcast episode. All right. That's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. So the verse we're looking at is 1 John 2.16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And it's just a reminder when we see these things in other people, in ourselves, that we know where that's coming from. We've got to recognize it and root it out. Yeah. I mean, I think if anything, we are reminded that we need that reminder all the time as fallen humans in a, in a fallen world. Yeah, well, I think it's a good reminder too that you know daily, sometimes even hourly, we have to put off the old self once we become yeah. believers, right? And, and take on that sanctified view of ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Quick Start Podcast. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless, see you tomorrow.